Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. It's good to be with you again tonight. It's good for us to be together and to sing songs of encouragement and to hear a lesson from God's Word. We are um, looking at the parables that our Lord spoke. And this is the second lesson on our series of parables. If you remember, just a brief recap, in our first lesson, we talked about some parable basics, if you will. Uh, we looked at some definitions, and we, we talked about a parable simply means a, a casting alongside. Uh, it is placing one thing beside another. And it's meant to, to compare and contrast the two things. And a definition has been around for a while, and I think it's a pretty good one. Is it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So if you think about a parable, think about an earthly story that has a heavenly or a spiritual meaning. We know about parables. We've heard them for a long time in our lives and our Bible studies, but we'll spend some time looking at them a little bit more closely, maybe. Our Lord began speaking in parables for two reasons, and we looked at those last week, and the first of those reasons was to conceal the truth about the kingdom to unbelievers. And the second reason is the, is the other side of that coin, and that is to, the, to reveal the same truth about the kingdom to believers. So we have a concealing to the unbelievers and a revealing to believers. And we understand that from Matthew chapter 13, there in verse 11. Where it says, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. So we see and understand why it is that Jesus began speaking in parables. One of the first parables Jesus spoke, if not the first, and there's, if you look in uh, Luke's account, there is a, some, another parable that comes before the parable of the sower. But it's just spoken uh, to one person and not to the masses, so... For all intents and purposes, the parable of the sower is the first parable that our Lord speaks. And it's recorded here in Matthew chapter 13. It's also recorded in Mark 4 and also recorded in Luke 8. For our purposes tonight, we will we'll focus on Matthew's account with, a, with some references, references over to the other two accounts as well. We see how appropriate this parable was um, about hearing the word, and that's what we'll, we'll talk about with the parable of the sower. It's about hearing the word, and it's how appropriate it was in the context of what's going on right in, in this particular point in Jesus' ministry. He began speaking in parables to separate the crowds, as, as, as he said there in verse 11. He's separating them from those who are truly interested in hearing God's word and truly interested in understanding it to those who... Just some of those who just came out to see the crowds, some of those who just came out to see the spectacle, and some of those who were looking to catch him in a lie, looking to bring him up on charges and silence him. So he's speaking in parables to separate these groups of people. So the first parable he speaks here appropriately deals with different kinds of hearers. So let's read here the parable. In chapter 13 of Matthew, we'll read the parable and then we'll talk about Jesus' explanation of it as we go forward. But here in Matthew chapter 13, beginning of verse 3, 
It says, And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And he sowed, uh, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. And others fell upon the rocky places, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear. One thing that's so special about this particular parable, among that being Jesus' first parable, the context in which it is mentioned here and spoke seems so very appropriate. But what really stands out is Jesus' explanation of the parable. Jesus tells his disciples exactly what it means, which is wonderful to us. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. This is the key to understanding all the parables. As Jesus himself says in Mark's account in chapter 4 and verse 13, he says, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? So he's letting them know, if you can understand this, you can understand all the parables. And we can apply the techniques of understanding the parables, understanding the parable of the sower to other parables as well. So let's consider his explanation. Looking at the individual elements of this parable, and we'll start with looking at the sower himself. So in the parable here we have there at the end of verse 3, it says, Behold, the sower went out to sow. Who is the sower? Well, in explaining the next parable, which if you maybe turn over in your Bible or, or just come down to verse 24 in, in chapter 13, he's going to talk about tares among the wheat. And in explaining this parable, which he does also to his disciples, he, he identifies himself as being the sower. If you look there in verse 37, he says, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. Now, while this is a different parable, granted, in the context and similarity of the parable that he just spoke, we can see the similarities of the sower. And it's easy to, to compare the sower in the parable about the tares and the wheat with the sower about the sower. But it can be inferred also about the sower is that it's anyone who faithfully spreads the gospel. Because we have this story and we use it often about sowing the seed of the kingdom. About faithful men who preach and teach the gospel. And we look at this parable and understand what the role of the sower is. He's that one who spreads the gospel message. So it can be inferred that anyone who spreads the gospel could be seen as the sower in this parable. But Jesus, in the immediate context, is referring to himself and his ministry, him going about spreading the gospel. The next element in the parable is the seed. Obviously, the sower is casting seed. So what is the seed? Well, from verse 19, we understand that the seed is, in fact, the gospel. If you look there in verse 19, 
as Jesus begins to explain the parable. In verse 18, he says, Hear then what the parable, uh, hear then the parable of the sower. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom. So we have right there and understand what the seed is, what it is that the sower is out there spreading. He's spreading the word of the kingdom. And this makes sense as the kingdom is the focus of Jesus' ministry, especially early on. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We also understand, and as we made the point in last week's lesson, that the kingdom is the subject of many parables. Most of the parables have something to do with the kingdom, either the kingdom itself or the king or the constituents of the king, the citizens. And it was the message um, in the early proclamation of the gospel. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. So as the gospel message is going out, the men are talking about the kingdom of God. So we can relate that to what we read here in the sower. The seed that he is spreading is the words of the kingdom of God. The next thing that we can consider in, in looking at the parable are the four types of ground, or the four types of soil that the seed falls on. Keep in mind a couple of things. One, that the sower is spreading the seed. He's not choosing where the seed falls, he's simply spreading the seed. And also keep in mind as we go forward that all four types of these soils, which will be correlated to four types of people, they all hear the word. Each one of these groups of people, each one of these types, hear the word. So just keep those things in mind as we go forward. So there's four types of ground. The first is the wayside. And we get the next exclamation, ex explanation from verse 19, in that these are those who hear the word of the kingdom. We just explained what the word of the kingdom is, the gospel, the gospel message. And does not understand. These could, this could be said of those people with dull hearts and with scarcely hearing ears and closed eyes. That sounds familiar. Look there in verse 15. Jesus spoke about these kinds of people as he's explaining who would hear the message and who would not. He says there in verse 15, For the heart of this people has become dull. He talks about how their ears scarcely hear and their eyes they cannot see. These are the ones who the kingdom of heaven is going to be hidden in these parables. And it says that the, that the birds come uh, in, in verse 4. And he sowed some of the, feeds, the seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. So we come over to the, to the explanation in verse 19. It says, The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. We also understand from the other explanations in the other gospel, I think it's in uh, Luke's account, it identifies the evil one as the devil. So the birds represent the devil, the evil one, who snatches away the words. And even though Jesus has said that the word had been sown in his heart, remember what I, I said at the, at the beginning when we were looking at this, each one of these groups hears the word. So even though the word has been sown in his heart, the birds come and snatch it away before it has a chance to take root. 
And if we think about those people that are identified as dull of hearing and hard of heart, we can understand why this word doesn't take root in them. And the devil comes and snatches it away before it even has a chance. The next group, the next type of ground is the rocky soil, the rocky places. We see, we see in verse 20 that this represents, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But in verse 21 it says, yet he has no firm root in himself, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. I think we've probably all seen that in our own lives. If we've been a Christian long enough, we've seen those who respond to the gospel and their hearts are filled with joy. Sadly, something comes along that tries them. They immediately accept it, but not being properly grounded, when trouble arises, they fall away. Think of the tree with the shallow roots. It's, look back in verse 5. And others fell upon the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. And then in verse 6. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. We think about that. Lots of us know how plants grow. Those plants with the shallow roots, if, if stress comes along, they don't have anything to, to tap into. That water moves down through the soil, you know. And if they're shallow rooted, they can't get down to that water. And when the heat comes, they're scorched. If we understand that, we might see someone who immediately receives the gospel and is full of joy. But when troubled times come, sadly they fall away. The next group of people, the next type of soil, is where the seed falls among the thorns. Verse 22, it says, This is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Interesting there, he says, becomes unfruitful. Remember what we said, I'll say it again. Each one of these groups hears the word. So it becomes unfruitful implies that there was a time that they were at least bearing fruit, but not bringing it to maturity. In the parallel explanation in, in Luke 8, verse 14, it says, And as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. So even though they might bear fruit, even though that word has, has, has taken root, and they're bearing fruit, they don't bring it to maturity. And we can understand what that means. And we are warned throughout the New Testament about not getting tangled up in the cares of this world. We just went through that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, Let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. So we're warned about these things, the sin of the world, the things that entangle us and drag us down so that we don't bring fruit to maturity. And then there's the last group, the group that's the good soil. In verse 23, in Jesus' explanation, he says, and this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth, some a hundredfold, some sixty, 
and some 30. This kind brings fruit to maturity. As we talked in the, the last group, they might be bearing fruit, but they didn't bring it to maturity. With this group, where the seed falls in the good ground, this is the group that brings that, that fruit to maturity, meaning they take the good seed into the soil of a good heart, and they do something with it. John the Baptist speaks of bringing fruits worthy of repentance when those are coming out to the wilderness to be baptized by him. Luke 8 and verse 15 says, These are the ones who have heard the word and in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Again, bringing the fruit to maturity. Doing something with what we've been entrusted with. We know what those good fruits are. Sharing the gospel, practicing hospitality, practicing holiness, those good works that we are compelled to do. Those are the good fruits that we're talking about. And I like the, what Jesus says, and I can't help but think about it. We talk about good fruits. In Matthew 7, beginning in verse 16, it says, You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. We know people by their fruits. We know Christians by the things that they do. We can see where they are in their progress as they are on the road to maturity. Are they bearing fruit? Are they taking the good seed, placing it in a good heart, and then bringing that fruit to maturity? Understanding this parable helps Jesus' disciples understand the, understand the parables to come. Remember what he said, if you don't understand this parable, how are you going to understand other parables? And as Bible students, it does the same for us. We can look at this parable and the explanation and the next parable about the wheat among the tares, or tares among the wheat, and look at its explanation, and it helps us understand the parables going forward. As we mentioned in our last week's lesson, in parables we need to look for the central spiritual meaning. And then the details will give us insight into that. With the sower, we see that the gospel is being spread to all kinds of people. That's really the central point of the parable of the sower. The sower sows the seed. And it falls on different kinds of people. But the word of God, the gospel, is spread to all kinds of people. All heard it, but depending on their condition, the outcomes were different. So in applying this, let's remember that all people hear the gospel, all people that we take time to tell the gospel to. But the gospel, they're going to react to it in different ways. Each one of those is going to have a different way in which they react. And we can see it with these four different kinds of soils. So how do we 
let this parable inform us about people. Now, we don't know people's hearts. We don't. And our job as Christians is to be the sower. We don't pick which ground we throw the seed on. We just throw the seed. And it falls on all the ground. And then what they do with it is up to them. But knowing this about these different kinds of people, knowing about the wayside people, those with dull hearts, that probably aren't going to hear the word anyway. When you see that, that might be one of those that you just need to move on. Sad to say. We have limited amount of time, limited amount of resources. Those who aren't going to hear the word, so be it. Don't give up. But don't spend all your time with them. Might be a chance to, to move on to others. Knowing about the rocky ground people, it might spur us to help them deepen their roots. Remember, this is the group that they sprang up, they were enthusiastic, received the word with joy, but because they had shallow roots, when trials came, they withered away. We might recognize that in somebody. They might say, hey, we, we need to help that person deepen their roots. That's so why it's so important for new Christians to take them and to train them and ground them and give them the tools that they need. Understanding that their root, the soil there needs to be deepened. And what about the thorny ground people? That's probably a lot of us who are entangled in the cares of the world. It happens to us all. But maybe if we recognize that, if we recognize someone who's struggling, entangled in the cares of the world, maybe we can help to lighten their load a bit. Take something on that we can help them in their own life so that they can bring those fruit to maturity. They might be bearing fruit, and we might see that. But we need to help them, uh, bringing them, help them bring their fruit to maturity. And then there's the good dirt people. How can we help them? These are uh, where the good seed has found a good heart, and fruit is being produced. How can we help them? We can help them by encouraging, all the, encouraging them all the more. When we see people serving God, going out of their way to help people, doing the things that we need to be doing as Christians, encourage that person. Recognize in them that they're doing good work. And let them know that you know. That will be an encouragement to them. We have this wonderful parable about the sower. Simple, but so rich in what it means. The simple fact, spreading the word, spreading the word of God, understanding that it's going to fall in different places, it's going to fall on different people. Well, what, what is the sower's job? The sower's job is to sow the seed. So let's remember that. Continue to sow the seed. And knowing these different kinds of soils, recognize where we might be able to, be, to help these people, to help these different kinds of grounds. If you're not a child of God, you can become one by being baptized. If you're a child of God and you have stumbled, or you have fallen away, if you've lost sight of the simple teachings of our Lord, and lost sight in your own life of what it means 
live a life of service to Jesus Christ, and you need the prayers of the congregation, you can let that be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.